guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and we are talking Ant-Man in this episode. And so I brought a few friends of mine with me along with my co-host, Micah. Micah, thank you so much for joining me. And we've got Scott returning again. Super excited to have you back, buddy. And then- two. I know, same month and everything. So uh, the other person has not been here in a while and he is now a dad. So congratulations, Adrian. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's an adjustment. <laughs> yeah. So, well, just to go ahead and, and kind of get us, well, get this ball rolling. Um, what are you, because we, we asked this a few weeks ago with, with Scott and Micah. So, Adrian, what are you excited most about with 2023? I know you've got a lot on your plate so far. Um, it's been a heck of a month. But, you know, in the comic book world in 2023, what are you most excited about? Man, I have no idea. I'm trying to remember what else coming out again. <laughs> so, like, well, I, so Adrian, I said in the last episode we talked about um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. We talked about um, uh, the Mandalorian season three coming out later in 23. We talked about Guardians three. We talked about you know it could be anything. So, just several projects that are coming out. Okay, uh, I guess one would be the Disney Plus Percy Jackson series. solid pick there love it yeah i went through all those books when i was younger and i loved them so i'm just excited to see what that's gonna look like yeah it's it's gonna take a different take i saw how they were handling is it annabeth or annabelle something like that annabeth um so with with her character she looks vastly different um they got a, a actress of a different ethnicity so i'm excited to see the diversity there um i'm excited to see that it's kids not just teenagers or like young adults playing these, these characters. I'm excited to see that the kids will be taking up the, the mantle here. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and dive right into Ant-Man. And so the first thing that I'm going to ask you guys is what did you think of the film? With, try, try to go back to 2015, try to remember your first viewing. What did you think of the film then? And what do you think of it now? Great. Um, great. <laughs> great. Great. He's just, just very simple. Great, great. Thank you, Scott. Great, great. <laughs> Adrian, what'd you think? Uh, I loved it. I love that it's a little more lighthearted. They lean into the comedy, you know, compared to like Avengers and Age of Ultron, which are very serious movies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the rest, I think phase two itself was a very serious I mean, they, they, they forced comedy in certain areas. There were certain spots that the comedy just came natural. But this one was more of your comedy action versus the serious nature. I like Scott's analogy, great and great. But I think, and I'm going to say this, and I don't know, I don't care if I get flack for it, but Jordan, I shared this with you a while ago, but I think Ant-Man, the character in Ant-Man, the first movie, is one of the most underrated movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here, here. Man, I stand by that one. I think it's just, I think it's a great story. I think it's a great origin story, um, especially for, uh, you know, a character that we don't know a lot about up until this point, especially in the MCU. Um, I, funny side story, my, uh, this is one of the few movies that I didn't get to see in the theaters Marvel wise. And so uh, I had, I was living in North Carolina at the time and I came home and I saw my in-laws and my father-in-law was like, have you seen Ant-Man? Because he knew that he knows that I like Star Wars and comics and 
Marvel and DC and all this stuff. And he's like, have you seen Ant-Man? I'm like, no, why would I watch Ant-Man? That sounds stupid. Little did I know, he absolutely loved it. And little did I know how good this film was. And little, you know, did I know how, you know, good this film was going to be, especially, you know, even the franchise, for example, with the other two, you know, the one, uh, the second one with Ant-Man and the Wasp and the one we don't even, we haven't even seen yet because it's coming out later this year. But uh, yeah, it's, it, to me, one of the most underrated gems in the MCU. And Jordan, you mentioned the other day watching it again, just doing a rewatch of it and just telling me how good it was. And like, I loved how, you know, my wife, Alicia, you know, she's been on this show several times, but she, she said, you know, nobody else could play that character, but Paul Rudd, nobody. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Paul Rudd is Ant-Man. And like the role that Ant-Man is, uh, as the character of Scott Lang and as Ant-Man is perfect. Like just, just does it so well. So I stand by my 2015, you know, kind of an underdog movie of the year kind of thing for the MCU. And even now I think it's, it's just one of the most underrated characters and one of the most underrated movies in the MCU. I With that, I think up. we can just hang up the call and, and just be done. Just, just call, call it quits on this episode. It was, it was great and great. That's just it right there. Great. 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 I, I'm going to echo some sentiments there. I think this is such an underrated film. Mm. This, this movie just, it was unique to the the phase it was unique to an origin story like i would have never thought hey let's play with size for this film and just going in and saying it's not a keychain and he like rolls out a tank and they're like hey we're gonna show what it looks like for him to go and shrink down to the size of an ant fall through the cracks of the floor and like just the way that they they handled it and then you get like the cameo from the guy who played Ant-Man on SNL uh, when he falls on the car. I, I can't think of the guy's name at the moment, but he, he falls on, on the car or the, the roof of the car. And when he grows back, that's the guy who played Ant-Man in the, uh, all the SNL skits. Well, and Jordan, you, you said it from time to time in other episodes, but like one of the most underrated villains. Oh yeah. Yellow jacket. Oh my gosh. Darren Cross. And, and to hear that there's been rumors for months now that he's going to show back up and potentially become MODOK um, or that he's going to have some type of role in Quantumania, I'm so excited because I think Yellow Jacket, Yellow Jacket is just his, like his look was awesome. And even the fight sequences where they shrink down and like they're in the briefcase and he's like, I'm going to destroy or disintegrate you. And then like they hit the phone and they're like now playing disintegration. And like they had that and, then they had like the Thomas the Tank Engine toy fight scene. I'm like, they use those characters so well. And even with him just having the blasters on, on his arms, I was like, oh my gosh, visually that character was so good. And I'm like, I wish you didn't waste him. The, like, like that he shrunk down. But I'm like, maybe now that we're getting to the quantum realm, we might see him again. And I'm like, oh, this will be really cool. So uh, what did you guys think of just the family dynamic of this film. We haven't really seen up until this point a family unit be played in. Typically, we when we when we talk about families in Marvel, you hear about the first family being the Fantastic Four. You kind of see how teams have a family-ish dynamic. You see a lot of family influence with, with Spider-Man, with uh, with Aunt May and then Uncle Ben, and um, just some of the like you see some family pieces. But for Ant Man, who you really don't know the character unless you've read the comic. And then to have a family kind of film 
What did you guys think about that? And let's let's start with Adrian real quick. I mean, I think I really enjoyed it. I like seeing Scott's character basically risking it all just to provide for his daughter. He's wanting to be a good father, which something never that never really hit me up until this point, I guess. Yeah. New new feelings. But I also like that he is what could have been the relationship between Hank and his daughter if he hadn't pushed her away so much. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, what about you? Great and great, right? Uh, great and great, yeah. Um, no, I think the family unit was was a nice touch. You kind of saw a little bit of that in uh, Age of Ultron with Hawkeye's family, but only yeah. for a snapshot. But here you got to see not only a family unit, but you also kind of see a, um, like a, um, I don't know, I can't remember the technical term of it, but kind of a split family, you know, Scott's divorced, but he still has his daughter, but then he still has kind of a good relationship with uh, his ex-wife and not such a great relationship with her new husband, even though that kind of changes in the second film. Um, but yeah, I think it was just really good to see kind of those family dynamics and how Scott's trying to navigate this new, trying to be a superhero, trying to be the straight man after getting out of prison, keep his family together. Now he has his powers of being a superhero, being Ant-Man and trying to balance all those things. Yeah. Micah? Yeah, I would echo, you know, what Scott said, great and great. Um, but the the idea of, you know, he he's having to live a new life, uh, basically post, you know, being in prison. And uh he's really trying to to um to be clean and to try to not go back to prison. He's like trying really, really hard, which is ironic because, you know, Hank, you know, <laughs> basically gets him arrested again, uh, to become the Amium. Uh, but you know, it's it's like Scott said, it's a balancing act of him uh, reconciling things with his family. You know, kind of having a thing for hope and uh, becoming a superhero. And it's one of those things too that I'm reminded. You know, Scott was talking about how you know he wasn't like Captain America, where you know he was injected with you know serum he was like he you know he had to use these powers and learn how to use them and that's one of the things i appreciated about this movie was you know it was an origin story and and hank had to mentor him and show him how to become the ant-man because he wasn't able to do it anymore so just all those little little things like he's not your traditional superhero that has superpowers if that makes sense so yeah well and you know back to the family part i think this this story took a very unique perspective, which I feel like I didn't really answer that question. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, I, I think that when I look at the family dynamics, he did like the way they wrote his biological family being his daughter mm -hmm. and then her mom and the girl that played her was amazing. The little girl. Phenomenal. Yeah. He's so ugly. I love him. Yes. Like, I thought that that was, that was great. And it, it truly spoke to the, the love of a child of, Hey, I just, like, I don't care what it is. My dad got me a gift and I love this thing. Um, and I, I thought that was really well told, but I think that they hit the, he, I'm a broken, I'm a part of a broken family unit, 
but I'm going to strive to make it as best that I can. I think they hit that really, really well. I think that my brothers in arms, the, the guys that I'm doing life with, I think they hit that really well because then you get the guys that, well, basically help him rob places. Um, just the, the dynamics with those guys and then his new chosen family with, with Hank and Hope. And well, what, about, like, what about the forgiveness of a child, right? Like, oh, oh my like she didn't care. She just was so happy that, you know, he was in her life all of a sudden again. You know, Are you like, going to arrest my daddy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hope you don't catch him. Like she just, her lines, some of them just stole the show. And I'm like, man, she was awesome. And I loved having her in the second film. And, and I hated that they had to make her grow up for the, by the time that we got to, to Infinity War and Endgame and, and all of that nonsense of, for her, I loved Cassie just the way she was. And um, this will be the third actress come Quantumania to play this character because they recast after Endgame. But I'm like, man, she just, I loved her character. And I loved that she just, she loved her dad. So, uh, you know, the family dynamic was really, really cool. What did you guys think of, and, and you were kind of talking about this, the origin story of it, where Hank was, was going in and having to train because like you go in and you see Captain America. Well, Captain America got the soldier serum. He was already in the military. He was already having to learn all this stuff. So he didn't really get to learn his powers. He kind of had to go by trial and error. You have Iron Man who does the same thing. Hulk who just runs off. Thor, we don't really have a full origin because he was born thousands and thousands of years ago, or at least hundreds and hundreds of years ago. So what did you guys think of how his origin played out? And Mikey, you got you already hit on this. So Scott and Adrian, what what did you guys think about how there was that training montage and and Hank and Hope having to kind of bring him into the fold? I really enjoyed it. I I didn't know a lot about the character of Ant-Man going into the movie when I first watched it. I just knew the name Hank Pym. So I liked that they he was already an established character. He's already run his time as Ant-Man. I liked that they went with someone new, someone younger, scrappier. And that, again, they did go through the whole montage of, you need to learn how to use this stuff before we can actually send you out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked I liked kind of that whole dynamic between, um, yeah. Sorry, I just had a brain freeze. I do apologize, but no, I, I really enjoyed it because I think it kind of showed a little bit of. It's a quick. It's a very montages are very quick ways to kind of do character development in very quick succession. So the fact that you kind of see that there's some some friction between the two but then towards the end of the montage you start to see that there's some softening and some opening up going on so then you don't have to do a lot of dialogue and a lot of interactions to kind of build those relationships you can do it in a quick montage real quick there was a a lot of characters that got thrown into this film that were not uh necessarily avengers or big level characters at this point so who is your favorite character in this movie? Like out of the whole movie or like out of the super- whole movie. If you, if you had to choose one person, who is your favorite out of the cast and, and the characters? Ooh. Huh? 
Scott, Scott, do you have a favorite? Uh, it's going to be very hard to pick one. Well, I mean, it's going to be very hard to pick one. So, <laughs> I mean, like if I if I'm gonna if you want me to go right off the cuff, I'm going to say Michael Pena's character was Luis. Luis. Oh my gosh! Man, yes. you stole mine, Scott. That was that was my character. That was mine too. <laughs> um, well, I, I guess we're all going to be agreeing on that one. <laughs> Well, and, and here's the thing: the way they wrote him, I loved it. The way he story told, I would I would go in and say, "Hey, if you could do a Disney Plus series where he does a recap of all the different movies, where like maybe Kang has him held hostage and he's like, listen, this is what happened. I was talking to this guy and and he said, "Yo, man, here's what happened with Captain America,' and like just like I would l- eat that stuff up. It's almost like when they did the Olaf presents things and it was like Olaf doing all like the different like disney animated movies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like just do a louise thing like story time with louise and he tells like the avengers through his eyes one of my so like not that we're talking about ant-man and the wasp but one of my favorite scenes in the second one is when he's they're talking about the true serum and he goes back and forth and he's doing that monologue where he's talking about how they did this that and the other and it's hysterical and he's like and then the other guy's like it's not true serum (laughs) (laughs) but yes he he's his monologues are great um, I think if I were to pick, I mean, I just, Paul Rudd's such a great actor. I just can't get over how good he is. Um, and you know, for his age, even Michael Douglas had a great appearance in this movie and in, you know, the other one, and I'm sure he's going to do great in Quantumania as well. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back really quick. <clears throat> so with what Scott was saying about a Disney presents, there was in Miss Marvel, there was a comment made, and it was kind of an in passing. If you didn't pay attention, it, you, you missed it, where they said that Ant-Man has his own podcast where he talks about Avengers stuff. And I'm like, how cool would that be if we just get to see, like, shorts where Luis gives his his conversation, but they're, like, basically what we're doing, and we just get to see him talking with Scott and the other guys, and they, they do that. I'm like, oh, man, that would be cool. But but back to to the other piece – yeah, I think Michael Douglas did great. I think that that was just, I don't know if I would have gone the route that they did, but I'm so happy that they did with having an older, experienced Ant-Man. And to, to basically say that superheroes have been around without people's knowledge, because I think that's an easy way for us to get the X-Men in. That, hey, it just wasn't talked about. And now that people are coming public, that's going it, to, it's going to start to affect the real world. And that's why uh, Iron Man and Captain America and like, cause Captain America was around and then Ant-Man was around. I'm like, you could easily start to bring these characters in as older characters because of the way that you just write the story. So I think, yeah, I think that was cool. Evangeline Lilly did really well too in this movie. Like, yes. Like I just like how she was kind of like up in arms about, you know, because she didn't know about, you know, the death of her mother and you know, how, you know, like I think Scott said it earlier about just how they brought them back together, you know, as, as a family and uh, kind of it was reflective of that, both with, with Scott's family and, you know, with, with Hope and um, her dad. So, like, I, she did really well. I think that she, um, the chemistry with her and Paul Rudd is really, really good. Adrian, any other thoughts to it? Uh. 
I mean, like you were saying, I enjoyed an older Ant-Man played by Michael Douglas. It makes me think it's a little bit like Batman Beyond, older oh, yeah. Bruce Wayne, younger Batman. So I, I really enjoyed their dynamic. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that that's a great point that the mentor piece is there, but it feels very reminiscent to the the Bruce Wayne, Terry McGinnis. Oh yeah, I, that's great. Um, What did you guys think of the way that they handled the fight sequences and whatnot with size difference? I talked a little bit about this earlier that I, I really enjoyed it, but we had the fight inside the briefcase. We had some of the training montages where he's having to run through the tunnels. Then there's the fight at the very end where they're, pl- or where they're, they're fighting at uh, Cassie's toys, where she plays in her bedroom. What did you guys think of the way that they handled the size of changing from small to large, from, from normal to small to big, like just all the changing of sizes. Did you like the way that they implemented this or do you wish that they would have taken it a different route? I, I like how they did it because I think when you, especially when you introduce the, the pin particle and just them having those different fight scenes and shrinking down and doing that, I think it gave something unique to that film, but also it kind of takes away, because if you think of all the other fight scenes in all the Marvel movies, they're pretty much the same. So the fact that you can have a pretty good fight scene and do something different with the shrinking and kind of expanding, I think that's, I think that kind of gave it a lot more appeal to that movie. Adrian? I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy great visual effects. So I love seeing like almost after imaging of them growing and shrinking, almost leaving like a trail effect across the screen as a moving. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the fight scenes, especially the one in the briefcase where you get to see the old iPhone with the slide to unlock. So At that just, time, that was that was actually what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, so like just little details like that. The they took the time to make sure like everything what looked real, realistic. I I just really appreciate that. Yeah, Micah. Yeah, I think with you know, I think the the special effects in this movie were very very um, very well done and very well thought out and. The and, I, and again underrated for for what we've seen you know thus far in the MCU um, and it it played very well on the idea of Ant Man being a smaller character the whole size thing that you keep bringing up like it it's 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 the brand this it, they just do such a great job with the brand of who Ant Man is right like big small big small and um, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't get really, really big in this one. It wasn't in Twenty Men of the Wasp. So, like, I feel like well, they really it was, put. It was Civil War when he did his first real correct, big. correct. Yeah. But what I'm saying though, what I was going to get at is that, like, and this, the first you know version of himself, the first introduction to this movie and this character, um, they focus on him being small, right? Whereas in Ant Men of the Wasp, they focus on him being you know, huge and how it can, you know, get so much bigger. Um, but yeah, I just, 2015, right? This movie came out in 2015. And I just can't get over how good um, 
the special effects were the CGI and all that stuff. Um, again, underrated, great and great, but like, it's just such a, such a nod. Um, as I said before, it's one of the most underrated movies in the MCU. I think it probably sh aside from winter soldier and guardians of the galaxy for its, for its own reason, for their own reasons, for their own reasons in those films, Ant-Man's probably one of the best movies in that phase. Oh, absolutely. Probably I, top two for me. Aside yeah, from Winter Soldier. I, I think that I would throw this over Guardians for a sole purpose that I just, as a solo outing, I feel like the Guardians yes. is a team-up movie. And like, if you're going to say like they're solos, I think, because that, that would remove Avengers Age of Ultron and Guardians, like as a solo outing kind of film, I think that this is definitely top two for me out of that phase. And, and honestly, I think it sits as one of my, probably in my top, easy my top 10 in the mcu um I, I can't say top five but i can definitely say top 10 so you know one of the the other pieces that i really really liked about with that size change was when they showed the diorama of what cross industries would look like when they did or the the pim tech turning into cross tech or cross industries whatever it was and i'm like when he's running and bullets are pushing through and it's kind of like a slow, more like cycling through because when you're smaller, you're moving slower or supposed to be. And like, he's moving fast enough, but like the bullets are like ripping through stuff and he's like jumping over and trying not to get hit. And I'm like, man, like this was just, whoever came up with this idea to, to have people shooting at Ant-Man and him dodging bullets while he's jumping over things and it's tearing through. And it looks like, kind of looks like a, like a battlefield. And I'm like, this, this was a really cool way that grabbed my attention. Um, even here and when I recently watched it, like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm laying in bed and Katie looks at me. And she's like, are you watching Ant-Man? Why are you watching Ant-Man? I said, well, I've, I'm prepping for this, this episode that we're about to record. And she's like, oh, is it, is it still as good as we, we liked it? I was like, oh, I think it's better. I think it, I think it aged well. So I was, I was really excited to see that. So there's another character that I forgot was in this movie. And Mike and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today. Falcon's in this movie. What did you guys think of the way that they used Falcon in there? Did you think that it was the right Avenger to use? Like, what are your thoughts moving with that one? I think so. I thought it kind of brought a little bit more especially when you think about just Falcon in general, how up to this point, just little small parts, kind of more of a supplement character in all these films. So then it kind of got him, not only adding him in there to kind of give some more depth to someone who still hasn't really given us a lot of depth yet, but it also kind of, again, showed more of a comedic side to that. And I know, you know, last time when we were talking, when we discussed Age of Ultron, we talked about how they kind of forced the comedy in there where we really didn't need it. And I felt like this would have been a perfect example to kind of bring some of the comedic elements to some of your characters that kind of played a little bit more straight. Yeah, I want to play off that for a second. Like, I, I couldn't agree more with what Scott said. Like, the, the idea that he, um, I really like the fight scene with him and Ape Man. And the fact that Hank and Hope were in Ant-Man's headset and like 
they're like, you doing this? You're doing that? Oh, he's going to do that. He's like, don't tell me who you are. Like the, the dialogue alone was just amazing. Did he just but then, say, like, hi, I'm Scott. Yes. <laughs> and so that was good. And then like him just like, he's basically putting his training to work, right? That the, Hank has basically walked him through. And so I thought that that was, it was very well played. And, you know, exactly with what Scott said, as far as we, we've had enough cap to this point we've had enough thor we've had enough iron man so like it's it's all about how the mcu does things so well as far as like layering characters in sprinkling characters in as you about you and i have talked about jordan and just the idea of bringing new characters into the fold and giving them more of a role long term so like if you think long term into the mcu like okay guess what falcon and winter soldier guess what guess who's going to be captain america now sam so like you can look back and like i told you when we talked about the server today like I forgot. I totally forgot that he was even in the movie. I just, just kind of like, and even uh, Howard Stark, for that matter, like I forgot that he was in it too. Or Peggy. Yeah. Peggy Carter's Peggy. in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then they give the nods later when we get to Endgame. And in Endgame, you see they have to call Hank Pym and, and there's Peggy and like they keep coming back to some of this. And I'm like, these are really, really cool. I like the way that they've handled it. I like the way that they, they do these things. They're, they're dropping them in a way that it doesn't feel forced. And even the comedy in this movie, I don't think there was really anything that felt forced. There was like, when, when you were talking about the, the, they're in his head when he's at the Avengers mansion, like it didn't feel forced when she's like, did he say, hi, I'm Scott. It was very relaxed. It felt very natural. Cause honestly, that's probably what someone with, normal intelligence would have said we're if, using if, our made up names now <laughs> yeah oh I, i'm spider-man so so what adrian i don't know if i asked you did i did i get you on this one uh not yet okay <laughs> no i i really enjoyed their interaction because he falcon is so stoic he's so serious he's like who are you what are you doing here and scott's just like hi I'm Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he even tells him why he's there. Like, I'm just here to borrow some tech and everything. And by the end of their fight, like he's not even worried about that. He's just like, don't tell Cap that this happened. Yeah. Like I would have pursued a little more if I was in Falcon shoes. And I'm surprised that he didn't show back up later to be like, listen, what did you take? What happened? Like he wasn't worried about that tech was taken. Cause, cause that's, that's uh, an old Stark facility. So that could have been a nuke. Like it could have been plans for something crazy. And it's like, okay, what was taken? And, and he, they didn't play off of that part of the story. Can we, can we take a minute to uh, appreciate how funny it was that how proud Scott was of himself that he actually got the piece and gave it to Hank. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He just kind of smirks at him. He just lays it on the table and hopes like you got it. <laughs> And then Hank's like, Hank's almost mad that he got it. <laughs> or surprised. Or both. Yeah. No, that, that, I think that added even more to this story of just, it kept us going. It kept us on our feet. And it just, it delivered. This whole movie, I think, just delivered from start to finish. So if you guys could go in and add a different character, subtract a character, um, change out, who who would you put in place of fill in the blank whether it's the villain maybe it was falcon 
if there was anybody that you would have wanted to really see in there, who would you have added? Micah? I was just going to be funny and say Spider-Man because it's Ant-Man, but you know. Oh, especially with the new trailer. Thank you, Spider-Man! <laughs> or or a play on words with like actual, you know, insects. So Black Widow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one because it was, I, I think one of the reasons I like this movie so much is that it was an origin story and they didn't really stray too much outside of the the origin of who Ant-Man was and the character development with the characters they had in that little. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I don't know who I would have added or taken away or. Okay. So, so maybe we throw it this way. Would you have wanted uh, hope to suit up in the Wasp costume? Do you think that that, do you think that it was good that she didn't in this movie? Uh, I think it was good that they didn't because I wanted them to wait till the second one, which is what we got. Um, thinking about it now, one of the things I appreciated about Spider-Man Homecoming, which we haven't talked about yet, um, was the, the fact that they had Iron Man in it for, for a little bit of the movie. Um, maybe having more of Falcon? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I really don't because like, you know, we did the Age of Ultron episode recently, and we talked about how there was a little too much of too many characters in that that movie. Yeah. So, like, what if we what if we teased the twins here for whatever reason? What if we, you know, brought some of uh, what if we brought Nick Fury back for whatever reason instead of bringing him into Age of Ultron like they did? Uh, what if you know Clint shows up? I I, I don't know. Uh, you know, with She-Hulk being on the West Coast, what if we would have got early stages of her uh, for whatever reason? What if she was, what if she was his lawyer? Like that would have been. Oh, that would have been cool. If you would have had just Jen Walters as the lawyer. I'm literally just throwing stuff out here as I'm thinking about, but like we talked about like, how are they going to incorporate, you know, Daredevil because he's on the East Coast and she's on the West Coast. And, you know, since Scott's in San Francisco, what what if Shang-Chi would have showed up? right? Because he's on the West Coast. Like, all these possibilities. So, Scott, what do you think? Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't add or subtract anything. I thought, you know, everything was great, so I wouldn't... Great and great. Great and great. Adrian? Yeah, I don't think I would have added or subtracted anyone from this movie. I did, the thought did cross my mind when they're like, Scott Lang, your lawyer's here. I completely forgot it was Hank, and I was like, no way, Daredevil's in this? So that, oh, that did yeah. cross my mind. <laughs> but no, I, I think it was well casted. They had just enough characters. I thought it was great. Great, great. Yeah. I You know, I asked that question with these movies just because we know what phase three looks like. We know what phase four now looks like. And I just want to know if you have any thoughts or opinions to these, because sometimes we go in and see like age of Ultron and say, Hey, you know, I wouldn't have put Ultron in that movie. I would not have named it age of Ultron. Like that was my opinion. I'm like, Hey, Hydra would have been a really cool villain. And then to save Ultron for later. Uh, we have, we have these opinions every now and then. And, it's cool to see how they're going to handle 
each of these villains and then continue moving forward. Well, unlike uh, or, Age or of Ultron, the, like we talked in the Age of Ultron episode about like how you know we would have added or subtracted things. Like I don't know that to, to Adrian's point, I don't think I would have changed anything. You know, knowing what we know now, I would have just left it alone, even all those time later. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, just I ask these questions just to to get your guys' opinions and, and what you're thinking. So what did you guys think? And this this was a fun one. What did you think about the Stan Lee cameo with Michael Pena doing his his bit over? Because, you know, you always at least when they were coming out and, and he was alive, we always went through and were like, oh, there's the Stan Lee cameo. I can't wait to see where Stan Lee's in here. I mean, some of our favorite Stan Lee cameos. Like we, you can immediately name what it is. And this one, really, he just kind of did a, a physical presence. He wasn't a vocal presence because Michael Pena did the, the talking. What did you guys think of him as the, the bartender passing along the information? Adrian. Uh, I, I thought it was fine. Like, it's not exactly the most memorable appearance of him. Okay. But it, it's funny watching him move his mouth to match with Michael Pena's, like, commentary. Yeah. Scott? So it, yeah. it, it, it was a cameo. I mean, it wasn't okay. one of his most memorable things, to be yeah. honest. Like, it just, no. like, when I think I, of, go ahead. go ahead. No, go well, ahead, Jordan. I, I don't think that, like, I'm here, pro, I feel like I'm poking and prodding you guys, and you're thinking, oh, like, Jordan's asking some big question, and I don't think it's a big question. Like, no, I'm just asking, like, what did you think of having a Stanley cameo? Because I, after having rewatched it, it's weird seeing all these films and the TV shows, and Stan's not there. Yeah. Like, and then to, to go back and rewatch something and it's like, oh yeah, you were, you always made a, an appearance in these. Like I, in a few years that he's been gone, like each year I'm like getting less and less familiar with him being there. And now I'm like, oh, Hey, you were there. I remember you now being right here. Cause clearly I just watched it, but then you start to reminisce over some of that. So I guess maybe the, the better question here is, do you miss seeing Stanley cameos? Whether, whether they're good and, and memorable or, or, or trash. Like, what, what are your guys' thoughts to the fact that Stan Lee's not here anymore? It's sad. And I know that we talk a lot about, or we, we give Captain Marvel a lot of crap, the movie. But, like, one of my favorite cameos, and I think this is shortly after he had passed away, but, like, when he's on the, the subway or the Amtrak or whatever, and, you know, the, the newspaper, you know, falls and you see him smiling. And like, you just really feel that in your heart because, like, Oh, Stanley. Like it gives you all the feels, right? Like, yeah. so. Cause he, he died in 2018, 2019, something like that. And that, and that was, was the last the first, cameo that he that made. That was the, no, no, no. Cause he, no, he, he ended was up in Endgame. That was the yeah. last one. But yeah. that was the last, or that was the first movie post his death that, that had his cameo in it. And it was just one of two. But that was when they, they took all his cameos in it and put that as the MCU intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it gave me all the feels and that made me kind of sad. But yeah, like you said though, Jordan, some of them were great and some of them were not. And so I don't know. We could do a whole episode on <laughs> on Stanley. On the Stanley 
cameos and which ones were great and which ones weren't. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the Ant-Man one wasn't super memorable. I wasn't even thinking about that the entire time we did this episode. Yeah. Well, I, I just ask because the reality is like he's not going to be doing anymore. He's sure. he's gone. Unle- un- well, I take that back. They did buy the rights from his his estate to use his likeness on things. So that could be in a toy. That could be um, in comics. That could be wherever. I think they've got like a 20-year, 40-year deal or something like that. And so they could alter his face in there and start to put him back in these movies they could re-release certain things and, and have him involved I, I don't know what they'll do but w- we'll see kind of where they go but I just I just didn't know what your guys thoughts were um I I loved seeing Stan I got to meet Stan a few years back I thought that was the coolest thing uh Stan created these characters Stan helped kind of get me through some of the hard spots because in life as I was as I was in high school and and early college because I was a huge comic book fan and I loved his characters and I love going to these movies and I love watching these shows. And if it weren't for Stan, we wouldn't have some of these things. And so I just, I just asked because I, even though it was not his most memorable, I mean, it was no Tony stank. That's probably one of my favorites um, from, <laughs> from civil war. Um, I, I love that. And it's, it's not, it's not that, but it was still, it was really cool to see. And I, I appreciated that it was still in there and the way that they, they played on Michael Pena's uh, his storytelling piece that they included in this film and then put it over Stan. I thought that was a, a fun way to handle that. So I think my favorite probably is the Ragnarok cameo. Oh, when he goes to clip his hair. Yes. Yeah. That's probably my favorite one. So, well guys, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this episode up. It feels a little short something small like ant-man but with that i uh i just oh yeah yes yes scott i will will stand by that one i am i am definitely small but mighty here so so with that there's no comment we're done all right so guys nerd talk nation thank you for hanging out with us we'll catch you next time here on nerd talk (laughs) 